I was really struggling as we walked through the aftermath. It just felt like every day was a struggle. It was hard to breathe sometimes. It was hard to just function day to day. And it was so lonely. When Carrie learned of her husband's affair, she felt betrayed by God. She lost hope until she heard a Focus on the Family podcast. The reason why I listened to it over and over again is because it felt like I was sitting down with a friend who was telling me, like, I've been there and it's okay and you can do this and I promise in the end it's going to be worth it. And it just broke me in a good way. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can heal more broken marriages like Carrie's and give families hope. Please call 800-the-letter-A-in-the-word-family. That's 800-A-FAMILY. Or donate at focusonthefamily.com slash hope. And your gift will be doubled. Well, friends, somehow it is Thanksgiving, and we hope you've been having a great time with your family today, maybe a lovely meal. And if you're not watching football, maybe you're doing (laughs) the thing you should be doing on Thanksgiving, which is, well, I'm a dad, so I just want to recline in my favorite chair and drift off to sleep in a turkey tryptophan-induced haze. But before you do that, While listening to Plugged In. Yes, while listening to Plugged In. (laughs) We want to invite you to join us for a special Thanksgiving edition of The Plugged In Show. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. Well, not only is it Thanksgiving, it's our third anniversary show as well this is the 157th episode for those scoring at home and actually i hope i hope you're not scoring at home because (laughs) that's right that's a lot of episodes to score but we are glad that you are here today joining us for another conversation and here at the plugged in show we spend a fair amount of time in what i might call nehemiah mode now if you're wondering (laughs) what i'm talking about Nehemiah was a guy in the Old Testament who helped to fortify the wall in Jerusalem and then stand on the wall and kind of keep watch for the bad guys, if you will. And that's one of our main purposes. We like to stand on the cultural wall and it might seem a bit of a reach guarding against, you know, ruffians that want to invade Jerusalem and watching movies. But bear with me. (laughs) We really strive to stand watch culturally and to help you know what's coming that you and your family need to be aware of. But every now and then, we take that watcher on the wall metaphorical hat off and put a different one on. And today, we're going to put our Harold hat on. Not not Harold the name, but Harold like the guys, you know, back long ago who carried trumpets and announced good news. And uh, I thought for Thanksgiving, it would be fun for us to reflect on the year that has almost passed And just pick some things that we would like to announce to you as stuff that might be worth your attention, worth paying attention to. So uh, we hope that you enjoy that part of our Thanksgiving special today. And in our second segment, I'm going to spend some time talking to Eric Goss. He's the CEO and founder of a relatively new streaming service called Minnow that's providing Christian content for kids and family. And before we jump in, I'd also encourage you to follow The Plugged In Show wherever you get your podcasts. Take a minute to leave a review for others who might be wondering what it's all about. 
Well, joining me for our segment today are Paul A.C., Bob Hoos, Kennedy Unthank, and Jonathan McKee. Hey, everyone. Hello. Hello. Hey. All right. Well, I hope that uh, there's not too much tryptophan in your system today. Lest Sounds you... like it is in ours already. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Lest yeah. you, you know, fall asleep in the middle of our conversation. But that said, <laughs> I've got to ask, what is your favorite Thanksgiving food and or tradition in your family? Go. I instantly think of scalloped potatoes, oddly oh, enough. I, I just those potatoes. thinly sliced potatoes in a, in oh, a yeah, baked sure. dish. It's just great. However. With lots of cheese on how, top. How, yes, indeed. It, however, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that pie was a you know a real high contender oh, yeah. there pumpkin pie or a <laughs> yeah well i and apple? see i've mentioned this before i like mincemeat pie Ooh, and i know you guys have that's said a very dickensian what is it what's going on but it's it's really good <laughs> and then i have a little blood pudding <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> all right who's next i mean I, it's hard to follow up mincemeat pie mincemeat pie so I will say I have never actually had mince meat. I don't even know pie. what it is. So it's fruit. Oh, is it really? It's a fruit. So then it's why not... do they not call it minced fruit pie? Be- uh, because minced meat was. Let's not get into this. Go all ahead. right, all right. Just... <laughs> I am curious though, but Paul, continue. Yeah, I really want to know. So my favorite food by far, stuffing. Oh, stuffing. stuffing. It's really good. Like if if I had some sort of like March Madness bracket tournament where all the foods would be sort of facing off against each other. Uh, oh, I love that. It would definitely that be That sounds way more entertaining than basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, don't be getting in there. But but it would probably come down to a showdown between mashed potatoes and gravy and stuffing. Like turkey would make the final four, I'm pretty sure, mm. but stuffing would win. You know, I really like just that salty, garlicky, herby carby. Yeah, <laughs> Lots that's of true. Like, that is true. I just do sounds like, like my you carbs. like foods you know, that you can still in the, eat in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm super hungry right now. I don't know why. Kennedy, what that's about funny. you? <laughs> yeah, uh, so I actually have this personal tradition uh, of I, I take the rolls and I open them up and I put in a slice of turkey and I put mashed potatoes on it. And mashed potato <laughs> turkey sandwich. It's so good. Mashed potato um, turkey that sounds sandwich. Good. You know, if I mean it's all going the anyone, same place, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if Arby's is listening, look, <laughs> no one does this as far as I'm aware. Oh wow. But, that's no, awesome. that's honestly that's a good anyways, idea. Um but if I had to pick between those three, you know, the the foundation of that is the roll. And I love bread. Mm, yeah. So Carbs. every Every yep. single Thanksgiving, Cars. my only regret is we didn't make more bread. So I got to go with the rolls. Oh, yeah. I knew yeah. you were okay. You're a good Midwestern guy, aren't uh, you? Yeah, thank uh. you. <laughs> you know, that, gives, that gives me hope because uh, I honestly- Hope for what? gives you hope. <laughs> no, no that, that gives me hope because here's why. Come Thanksgiving, one of, I guess, kind of the traditions we have is for for me to start whining about- how I don't like Thanksgiving food. Uh, it's just, it's just all just, <laughs> eh? It's just, I mean, it's not that it's bad. It's just, eh. It, yeah. I mean, I would, and I have asked on various occasions, come on, one year for Thanksgiving, could we just do deep dish pizza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, could, could we just do like really good bacon burgers or something like that? And for some reason, you know, I'm shot down every year. And they continue to bake this, you know, mediocre bird and mash. But I tell you, Kennedy, though, you've given me an idea. I mean, that's kind of 
almost burger-esque. I mean, maybe I can make that happen. Um, yeah, I'm excited it. now. Thanks, so, really good. That's I got to cool. tell you, Jonathan, I have an idea for you because we did it for the first time this this Thanksgiving. Oh my Bef- gosh. The, the weekend before Thanksgiving, we have Thanksgiving breakfast because breakfast food totally trumps all Thanksgiving food. Yeah. Right, the the eggs, the bacon, the pancakes. Oh, so good! So you can do that next year. Oh, that's it. Well, and and this year, I confess, <laughs> Chicago Thanksgiving Day. That's where we are. Uh, our family is rendezvousing to Chicago. We're all meeting there because my daughter lives across the country. And this year is the year I'm getting my <laughs> deep dish pizza. I'm so excited! Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Awesome. I, I like that idea. Of course, with actually. all these dishes, we all end up with rolls anyway. You should exactly. ask for. You should ask for. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You some should ask us, for minced, minced meat pie while you're there. That's right. They yeah, might have I could try that. Like, what I could kind try. of meat is in there? And then you can have this conversation. Exactly. Yeah, we could. They well, for me, it's mashed potatoes, all the way. That's what I'll go back and have seconds and thirds and fourths. And I'll pretty much eat the potatoes till they're gone, which, I mean, if you take a look at me, so that explains a lot. Anyway, you try, I'm going to bring this strong. conversation into a close <laughs> so there. No so, love for cranberry sauce. No, oh, no. love for, oh, I for scre- uh, string bean casserole. No, no. ixnay on both of those. Yams? No, no love just, for no, yams. No, no yams. Just, eh, just eh. meat and potatoes, buddy. I'm from yeah. Iowa. I don't need that other stuff. Boom. <laughs> Kennedy just gave me a Midwestern fist bump because he's from Kansas and we got to stick together. Indeed. All right. Well, clearly we have a great deal to be thankful for in terms of our food preferences. But uh, today we're going to talk about things we're thankful for in the year that is almost gone. Obviously, the Pilgrims established this holiday as a way to remember what God had done over the last year and to give thanks for it. And this isn't maybe at the pilgrim level, but I thought it would be fun to to take a look back over the year and just say, you know what, this was really interesting. It's worth your attention, maybe worth your time and something that could be encouraging or positive or redemptive for your family. So with no further ado, what are you most thankful for in terms of a positive entertainment or technology related can be a product it can be a movie a song a video game or a trend something that that's been happening over the last year who's going to dive in first paul ac i pick oh you. my goodness <laughs> all right absolutely absolutely so i'm i'm gonna go the trend route okay like i could go a lot of different ways and i could i could name off tons of different stuff but i think the thing that that struck me overall for the year was the level of choice that that families, especially Christian families, have these days in terms of what they watch. Now, uh, we all we've talked ad nauseum really on this podcast about the dangers of streaming services and and how much content there is out there. And there's a lot when you talk about just quantity, there's a lot of really bad content. But there's a flip side to all that um, entertainment that we get and that there's a lot of good content, too. You know, I think about some of the Christian streaming services that are out there. We're going to be talking about one just later on in this podcast, which I think is going to be great. You know, Pure Flix, you have uh, what's going on a great American family with all their Christmas movies. You have the Wing Feather Saga, which is mm-hmm. coming on. It's one of those. It's sort of a chosen, crowdfunded 
type of program that's based on a, mm-hmm. on a series of children's books uh, that's coming December 2nd on, on Angel Studios and YouTube. Uh, and we just reviewed the first book in the series. Right. Oh, great. In case people want to know. Because also we review books. At that's Plugged right. In. Books indeed. So we have a ton of options. There are a yeah, ton of things sure. that, that families can really dive into. Uh, sometimes we think about entertainment as this huge wasteland. And like sometimes Mordor, it right? can be, right? <laughs> but there are some, there's probably never been a time in history where we've had more stuff that really caters toward families and toward, you know, the, the morality of, of certain families as right, well. Right, right. And I'll springboard off that if you don't mind. Yeah, that's um, great. I was thinking about one of the things that uh, we could talk about is some of the new anime uh, offerings out there. I mean, uh, there, there are streaming services for anime nowadays, too. And, and more and more people, I think, are getting into the idea of anime. And there's some fun offerings, uh, two of which that I found this year that I, I'll throw out there. Uh, one of them is called uh, Quintessential Quintuplets. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not. but It's a it's, lot of quins. Yeah, it's, it's essentially about these five identical sisters who are just really lousy at school. And their dad hires this tutor who is Mr. Geek you know, Mr. Study, at top of his class kind of guy. And it's about how they get to know each other, at first hate each other, but eventually better each other just through their relationship. And uh, and it's a, it's a really fun, kind of funny uh, anime show. Okay, and where would people find it if they're interested? Well, in I mean, there, there is the, the Crunchyroll is the main anime streaming service okay. if they want that. But you can also find it on things like Hulu. Well, and, and, and that's the cool thing, exactly what... Paul was saying there's there's with all these options with all this quantity there's a lot of diverse options like yeah. uh, my son was super into anime and would have loved that uh my buddy's son is super into football and, and I mean it, I couldn't believe it was such a touching moment I was at church and he came to the early service with us and his son was like you know yeah we're here because today my dad and I are going to watch football together and he was oh. like so excited like how when you're going to church they're going to go and it was their thing to watch football together and do that and in our family I remember there were certain shows that were kind of the family show when everybody was done with homework or whatever they came downstairs and we all watched this show together and, and entertainment can be like that whether it's football or anime or some sitcom that makes you laugh um, it's fun when sometimes families have these bonding moments watching entertainment together yeah yeah oh and uh, and before we leave anime i'll throw one more out uh we've i think we've mentioned this once before on one of our podcasts but uh uh spy family is another one that's a lot of fun and you know it's it's kind of bizarre because you've got these because it's also about the spy world and the things that go on I in love the when spy you do world. That voice. <laughs> but, <laughs> in a world but this, full of spies. This disparate group of people that are <laughs> put together for a mission and yet when they become a family, mm-hmm. it impacts them so much that it literally changes their life. Yeah, when we think about anime, it's it, it's important to realize because I think that that there are probably some in our audience who think anime. Wow, that's yeah. there's a lot of adult stuff, and there is a lot of adult stuff within the realm of anime. But you can find some really good quality content within within that genre as well. Sure, you know when you go if you go to Crunchyroll, you have to be aware that you will find. Both, oh yeah, you know. Well, but, that's any streaming service. Uh, that's exactly right. Well, and that's the reality of where we're at today. I think there are very few places where you don't have to have that discernment hat on 
to at least some extent. Although I will say with some of the Christian streaming offerings that Paul was talking about, um, I think we can maybe relax a little bit more there. Uh, And I'm thankful, as we've talked about, that there really are a lot of options out there. And so Mm -hmm. I think it is easy to lament all the nasty stuff in culture. But if you want to find good content, it is out there. Yeah. Uh, for me as well, and uh, speaking of good content and a sea of not good content, I actually have a, uh, I have a video game, actually, oh, yeah. uh, that released in August. That So basically, uh, my wife and I, we love playing uh, cooperative video games together. Sure. Uh, you know, we went through It Takes Two, which we have a review on, right. on uh, Plugged In. We really enjoyed that together, and uh, recently we've been doing uh, one called Plate Up. And it's similar to another game called Overcooked, where basically the objective is you're trying to run this restaurant together, and you're trying to get uh, all the orders out as quick as you can. The catch (laughs) with this one is, if you fail one of them, your entire restaurant shuts down. Um, So you have up to four people running around this tiny restaurant, uh, fulfilling orders uh, as people come in, sit down. Uh, they make messes and they leave, and then you have to take their plates off the table, you have to clean them, you have to prepare the next meal. And after you finish each round, uh, the kind of twist is that you get to buy more things. Like you can buy another stove if you want one, you can buy another sink, you can upgrade your sink. So it's kind of like a Sims-based restaurant game. Is that a fair sort of generalization? Sort of. So basically you're going towards uh, getting a five-star franchise. And you have to make it through 15 rounds or 15 days of surviving uh, without (laughs) any customers getting mad enough that they storm out. And a great Uh, thing about a game like this, you don't have to kill anybody either. Exactly. No, no. (laughs) Um, But the biggest twist is as it's going, you know, you get get to bring in these new counter spaces and these new ovens and stuff. And you get to move everything around in your restaurant. So if you want to put your kitchen in the same place that you serve the food to people, you can. They mm-hmm. might not be happy about that because, you know, you put the trash can right next to their table. Um, but you can do whatever you want. So you can organize your restaurant however you'd like. And that makes it very unique. It makes it very fun when you have, you know, uh, someone in your family is serving all of the meals while someone else is cooking, while someone else is washing the dishes. And it makes for a really fun family experience. It's just so appropriate that you mentioned that on Thanksgiving. You know, the whole food thing. <laughs> exactly. But, but one of the things that I think is, as I'm listening to how people are talking about this, it, it brings to mind one of the overarching benefits to entertainment, you know, uh, and that is its ability to bring people together. You know, right. I love the right. idea that you're playing this game with your wife. I love what you mentioned, Jonathan, about the watching football together. Um, sometimes I think that we have... Uh, a tendency when we dive into entertainment to isolate ourselves. We all have our own individual screens. We have our in- own individual, you know, earbuds. We um, tend to isolate ourselves when we're dealing with entertainment. But it doesn't have to be that no. way. Yeah. And I think on, on Thanksgiving, which is all about family, which is all about gathering together, entertainment can be a great source for gathering. And mm-hmm. I love that about it. Uh, totally true. And, and and let's not discount the fact that now that most of us carry this device around in our back pocket, it's not only a communication device, it's not only an entertainment device, but it's also a resource of knowledge. And I tell you, right now, um, I mean, I used to, I remember back in the days, went to seminary and I had like all these books on the shelves and they're still there, but 
dis, dis, let's not discount that this little device in our pocket is pretty powerful. And, and let me give some examples of stuff that I have on there that I think families could really use. Uh, one, the podcasts of good Christian messages out there. Like the plugged um, in show. And on, <laughs> yeah, I mean, abs- absolutely. I mean, there's there's shows that discuss spiritual things like the plugged in show. There's you, uh, there's really cool there's really cool podcasts like, you know, Through the Word, which literally tries to just go through and it reads scripture and then it explains it. Um, there's apps like Blue Letter Bible where you can, if you're reading, you know, John 1, 1 and you're like, how come he keeps talking about the word? What is this? Boom, you can click on, you know, concordance and read what David Cusick says in his commentary about it. I mean, it's like literally having a study Bible in your hand. And let me not discount good old Spotify. Um, My daughter and I love music and we exchange playlists and share playlists all the time. And she had this one that she shared with me called Jesus Music. I had this one called Lord, I Need You. And we just kind of keep making these and we're like, oh, did you hear the new Lauren Daigle or whatever? You know, I mean, and it's it's really kind of fun to be able to use technology to to grow in your faith and to share worship music and to read the word. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'm going to piggyback on that for mine. Um, I'm going to share something that I have talked about before, but it's been a while. Um, it's actually been a long while. So back in 2016, Pokemon Go launched. And if you had told me in 2016, when my son was 10 and we were sharing an account on my phone, that we would still be playing that game together six years later. And, you know, in pop culture time and video game time to play a game for six years is staggering. And the Pokemon franchise has a few things that you should be aware of. There, yeah, it's not even that spiritual. It's more imaginative. There are some vaguely Eastern-y kind of things there. So uh, as the director of Plugged In, I have to throw in the Plugged In disclaimer. But, I mean, we have walked and walked and walked and walked together. And so it has accomplished its goal of getting you exercising, although some would say you could walk without your phone too, and that would probably be okay also. Noted, <laughs> Especially in traffic. Noted. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> when we're downtown and and my son and I are playing, I'll be like, dude, you got to look up when we cross the street, hmm. okay? I need you to pay attention. Situational awareness. But we're still playing, and it is, it's ebbed and flowed. There have been times we haven't played as much, but it has been such a bonding experience with my son And we have had really serious talks about spiritual things. Now, with with girls, I'm stereotyping a little bit, they don't have any problem talking about stuff. When I get with my daughters, they just talk. Sometimes my son is not necessarily wired that way. But when we go out and play for three or four hours on a Saturday afternoon, if there's a special event, man... So much stuff just bubbles up naturally because we have that relational context in place. Uh, And so I'm thankful that, as Jonathan said, there are technological things and entertainment things that can create an opportunity for relationship, for bonding, for spending time together that it's not just mindless consumerism um, and it's not problematic stuff, but you can really have fun and build those relationships together. Right. right. Well, we hope as we have talked about some of the things we're thankful for this Thanksgiving that 
maybe that's a catalyst for you and your family and, and things that you could think about doing over the course of the next year. And of course, the Plugged In Show and Plugged In will continue to be there each week for you, helping you to know, ah, this is great, this may be think seriously about. Uh, we want to continue to offer that guidance and that practical counsel for you and your family and your entertainment and technology choices. Well, as I mentioned in our introduction today, we're going to be talking with Eric Goss, and he is the co-founder and CEO of Minnow, and I am looking forward to spending some time with you today, Eric, and hearing a little bit about uh, the company that you have helped to create and how I hope that it's going to be something that's encouraging to families because I think you're meeting a need here that is just enormous in a sea of content with so many problems. Um, I think that you will be hopefully a refreshing safe harbor. So, um, Eric, you have a really colorful career history. You know, some people sort of work in one thing their whole life, but you went to the Naval Academy, you flew helicopters. You have worked at the Pentagon as a spokesman for the Navy Office of Information, and then at Amazon, which seems like sort of a funny leap. And then you worked on a project that's near and dear to my heart, um, and that was What's in the Bible with Buck Denver, which my kids used to watch on Wednesday nights at church. Um, And from there, you have gone to Minnow. So tell us a little bit about your history on how you go from being a helicopter pilot to a guy who is co-founding a streaming network for kids. And, And you can tell us a little bit more about Minnow as well. Well, I had this vision from the Lord when I was five years old. No, <laughs> no, it, 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 none of this has really been planned. And I feel like it's the Lord placing a call on my life based on the experiences that he's given me. And I loved media. I love technology and the idea of wedding discipleship and following Christ with media sound amazing to me and had the opportunity to work on one of the first projects we worked on was with Phil Vischer mm-hmm. on the VeggieTales creator on. Uh, Buck Denver asked what's in the Bible. And and that's where it kind of sealed the deal for me because there's one sense where I'd be the last guy in the world to be working in children's media. Um, (laughs) But, but, but as I saw the strategic impact of it, because the question I asked myself is when do I really believe God is true? And when do I believe he's Lord? Hmm. And I'm like, man, if I had actually understood that when I was five or six years old, my life would look a lot different and it would have been a lot better for me. So, Talk a little bit more about what Minnow is and just the kind of things that that you could find on your service. Yeah. So in short, Minnow today is a lot like Disney Plus or Netflix for Christian kids. Okay. And so we um, we pride ourselves in being kids first and faith first. And so we're optimized for kids being on our platform. And so they can find shows made specifically for them on the homepage and, you know, just for them. And you'll find, you know, the perennial classic of Veggie Tales. Uh, you'll find Buck Denver ask what's in the Bible, but you also find some shows like Friends and Heroes and The Risers. And we do some shows like Five Minute Family Devotions, which is a product of my dad fails as a uh, someone <laughs> leading devotions. It's like, hey, let's see if we can edit and make this more effective. So what we've tried to do is is basically create a format where any parent could pick up a phone or, or get in front of a smart TV and 
push play and have a meaningful time of prayer and Bible and teachable moment. Um, and then we're doing some originals. So we just started our first set of originals. We've got uh, a show called Coco Talk, which is short form, three to five minutes, which is hilarious. Um, that's really the brainchild of our chief creative officer, Jeremy Seymour here at Minnow. Well, then short we got- form is where things are at these days too, which I'm sure you know very well. They are. And that actually, we one of the things that we've done is Minnow that even though we're a streaming platform, we launched a children's um, book series. And one of those books is called The Laugh and Grow Bible for Kids mm. um, that Phil Vischer wrote, uh, leveraging what he learned on what's in the Bible. And we are taking that to video. And mm. so this Christmas, we'll have our first four episodes from the Laugh and Grow Bible. Those episodes will be short form, four to five minutes on different um key moments in the Bible, Bible stories, for the purpose of making it super usable for parents to help expose the Bible to their kids, while at the same time being usable by the church and children's ministry. Well, and I love what you're talking about, because what what I hear you saying is that you're trying to create products and experiences that that really do serve a purpose of creating space for conversation with your kid. And sometimes I think when I hear about educational television, I can be a little bit cynical, right? I can roll my eyes and say, okay, come on, really? Are you just trying to make a buck? But it seems like what you are trying to do is is really to create a context where the screen time is a step to something bigger, and that's a, a conversation about your faith that continues to go deeper. Am I, I'm putting words in your mouth, but am I understanding you correctly? No, absolutely. I say this all the time internally is we're successful when we're a catalyst for conversations with parents and kids that the parents desperately want to have, but don't know how. Okay. So what we want to do is stimulate that. I actually, so part of the challenge is like, oh, what's the truth about the election? Oh, what's the truth about COVID? All those are really challenging questions, but really the question we need to be asking ourselves is what is the truth at the living room at the, in the living room? And what is the truth at the dining room table? Yeah. That is the truth that will transform society and eliminate all the cultural problems we're concerned about hmm. is what does it mean to help a generation of kids understand and hear the voice of God and obey his commands? Wow. I love that. Well, Eric, I so appreciate you spending some time with our plugged in show audience today. Um, I know, you know, especially in the last year, as there have been as there have been so many controversies, especially with like Disney Plus, I think we're hungry for for legitimate, really excellent and creative alternatives. Uh, and moving forward, plugged in will be reviewing some of your shows too. Um, so thank you for spending some time with us today. Thank you so much. We so appreciate your support. Well, now it's time for another installation of a relatively new feature that we're calling Name That Movie. In this, thank you for the the, The snort. The snort there, Bob. Uh, And in this game, each of us is going to give a somewhat snarky, sarcastic, oh, sardonic. I want another you know, word that starts with S there or exaggerated, silly, silly, exaggerated description of a popular movie. Um, So I'm going to go first and we'll see if you guys can guess what I'm talking about. Are you ready? Ready. All right. A hard charging career oriented city girl finds herself trapped in a snowy, quaint little town for Christmas and meets a rough carpenter at a hotel who has little time for her big city girl problems. 
And then a guy who looks a lot like Santa Claus keeps showing up to guide their blossoming, if unexpected, love story to its conclusion. Hmm. Every Hallmark movie ever? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Snap! You got it. All right! <laughs> That's my description yeah, of hilarious. every Hallmark movie and Great American Family and now Pure Flicks. And it seems like <laughs> everybody wants a piece of the uh, the Christmas movie. All-American movie, Christmas. Mincemeat yeah. pie, yeah. right? Right, right. <laughs> Bob, you want to go next? Okay, yeah. Um, a guy goes through a midlife crisis that throws his family into danger. But ultimately, <laughs> they all pull together and show their strengths. Ooh. It kind of sounds like Toy Story, but... <laughs> nope. No, not Toy Story. See, there's no cattle involved, so it can't be City Slickers. You had me at Midlife Crisis. Oh, um... Uh, family... Um, what's that movie? Yeah, the, Raiders of the, the Lost Ark. No, that's not, exactly what I was going for. There's not Raiders. Can you give us maybe one more clue? Um, some of the family members have to stretch. Oh, for, oh incredible! For yes. Oh, there you go. Very All right. nice. All right. All right. Who's next? Yeah, I can go next. Jump right in there, Kennedy. Uh, mine's pretty straight to the point. A boy plays a guitar which temporarily kills him, allowing him to solve a decades-old murder. <laughs> temporarily kills him. Temporarily, temporarily kills, kills him. Good. Man, you know, it seems like I should know this. I know, right? I play guitar, and I'm, I'm <laughs> coming up short. Uh, nope. My hint is it's that not it happens. Is it? No, it's not. It happens on a holiday. Ooh, a holiday with a guitar. This doesn't sound like a Hallmark movie. Murder. Um, All right, we're going to need one more clue, maybe, or two. Um, the central protagonist uh, is not from America. I don't know. I just came up with that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's a tricky one. Yeah, I got So me. you either get full points for stumping us or zero points because we can't guess it. Jonathan, any guesses? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go with um, Casablanca. Uh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's a good guess. But, I mean, we'll always have Paris, but I don't think that's the right answer. Uh, the correct answer is Coco. Coco. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, man. How foolish we all are. Yes, well, you I, reviewed it, didn't no, you? No, I think I reviewed it. No, I didn't. It. I reviewed it. How foolish. Oh, good job, Kennedy. I was really stumped. proud of that one. You Adam will give stumper. you a promotion now. Yes. I, and more work, same great pay. And now on to Paul. <laughs> all right. All right. Here it goes. A man serves drinks to Nazis, woos somebody else's wife, drinks a lot, and then walks in the mist. Well, come on. Casablanca, right? Come on. Come on. There you go. So we guessed it even before it came so up. That's right. Yeah, somebody, some yeah, sort of I like knew, called that out. I, knew I know. That was, yeah, some sort absolutely. of predestination thing. That means I win. Thing. That means <laughs> right. I win. That's right. I, I, this is more for fun than winning. You know, I saw I saw one online I'm going to throw out here real quick because it was I th I thought okay this one's funny but I figured I better not copy somebody's online but here it is a guy <laughs> gets pumped up grabs a frisbee and fights Nazis uh Captain America Yes yeah. yes <laughs> All right Jonathan what do you got for us well, I don't know how, you know, like shrewd or, or I think you guys will get it right away. But hey, here we go. I hope it <laughs> oh has boy. Nazis in it, though. No, no, no Nazis, believe it or no. not. Um, 
A poor boy meets a rich girl and falls in love, and nothing can separate them, even when their vessel descends into the abyss. Oh, of oh. course, Titanic. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's got to be Titanic. I was going to go yeah, with no. The Abyss. Okay. I thought you gave us the hint right at the end. Well, well uh, same director, but yeah. Yes, that's true. All right. Well, that was fun. Good yeah. job giving hints and stumping us. I think everybody can feel good about their contribution to uh, this installment of Name That Movie. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, <laughs> and thank excellent. you for spending some time with us at the Plugged In Show today. If you've enjoyed the show, please tell your friends. Word of mouth is really the best way to get our show out there. And we want as many people to appreciate it like you do as possible. So leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd also love to hear from you. What are some of the things you're thankful for this year with regard to entertainment or technology? Or, you know what? What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? We would love to hear that as well. Do you actually like cranberries? I'd be Do interested. Do you actually like cranberries? I don't, oh, personally. But you can tell yeah, us if yeah. you do or not on our Facebook or Instagram page or send us a message at team at thepluggedinshow.com. And as our thanks for being a part of The Plugged In Show, today, for a gift of any amount, we'd love to send you a copy of Jonathan McKee's book, Parenting Generation Screen. You'll find a link to that offer in the episode notes for today's show in our blog entry for this week's conversation. Well, thanks for spending some time with us this Thanksgiving day. Hopefully the tryptophan hasn't completely kicked in and you are still awake. But, you know, if you've drifted off, we would just like to say thanks again for being a part of the Plugged In Show family. And we look forward to talking with you again next week on another episode of The Plugged In Show. A mysterious phone call and a new nemesis? Emily Jones and Matthew Parker are on the case. I just need to find out who this person is. Oh, it sounds like a real mystery. It all starts with a phone caller threatening to blackmail Jones and Parker's friend Jeremy. But this new nemesis won't stop there. Can Emily and Matthew figure out who this blackmailer is before it's too late? Solve the mystery with them by reading Jones and Parker Case Files, The Nemesis. It's the second book in the series with 16 new stories full of fun, faith, and intrigue. It's a great way for kids ages 8 to 12 to sharpen their detective skills while learning important values. Inspect clues, examine the evidence, and try to guess who done it. This is going to be harder than I thought, Mr. Whitaker. Uh-huh. Oh, stop saying that, Priscilla. Relax. We're going to have a blast. For more, go to adventuresinodyssey.com slash Jones and Parker. That's adventuresinodyssey.com slash Jones and Parker.